With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, welcome to our podcast politics by faith grateful you're here I want to play some segments from our tv show on the first tv channel 347 on direct tv um it's about crime in america because it's out of control and we all know it we all see it but where did this come from we need to identify the root of the problem before we can ever even begin to turn it around so we're going to start with my opening uh, monologue here where we talk about high trust and low trust Societies. I tell the story of Jen Angel, which is a story everyone needs to know. And then we talked with an amazing guest, Barry Letzer, who, uh, Latzer, excuse me, who wrote the book, The Myth of Overpunishment. We keep hearing that we're over-incarceration. There's an over-incarceration crisis. No, 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 quite the opposite. But I'll just ask you right now, and we'll give you the answer in a minute. How many people in America, what percentage of people in America do you think are incarcerated? What percentage of Americans are in jail right now? You're way off. <laughs> you're, you're way, way too high. We'll tell you the real answer coming up. Hey, Slider Crusaders. America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Welcome to our special America's Crime Crisis. Maybe you've seen this video by now of a Lululemon in Atlanta. Two people walking in quite casually and stealing as much as they possibly can hold. Well, the two women who worked at the store uh, told them, march out of here, and then went and followed them a little bit outside of the store to try to take a picture of their license plate. Now, in a sane world, these two women would be promoted. They'd get a bonus for caring so much about the company that they would take any effort at all to try to stop a shoplifter. But they didn't get a promotion. They got fired. And the CEO justified it later, saying, quote, it's only merchandise. And I get it, of course, they don't want the liability of people getting into, the employees getting in fights with people. I get that, right? But we're at a point now where it's not only merchandise. This is whether or not we can handle living in a civilized society, or if we even want to anymore. It's now about much more than just merchandise. We used to live in a high trust society. If anything, the highest trust society. 
And now we live in a low trust society. And that leads to the end of society. That is social breakdown, I'm certain of it. It's one thing to have low trust of our institutions, the FBI, the CIA, the CDC, uh, higher education, the government in general, right? That's, that's maybe even good to have low trust of our institutions. It's very bad to have low trust of each other. We have to turn this around now. There's a uh, Pew survey. Uh, the question was, most people in society are trustworthy, yes or no? Most people in society are trustworthy, agree or disagree? In America, we used to be 77% said yes, most people are trustworthy. Now we're down to 58%, so we're dropping. Now we have this uh, graph here, this image here of um, <clears throat> different countries answering that same question. And you see the countries that have low trust. Peru, 28% say yes, most people are trustworthy. Chile, 29%, Kuwait, 27%, Kenya, 25%, Uganda, 29%. Do you notice anything about the low trust countries? They are, as I believe Donald J. Trump would put it, blank hole countries. I don't want to be one of those. A high trust society is much better to live in. A high trust society, for example, has farm stands on the side of the road where they leave the, the vegetables there and they have a little Folgers coffee tin and a little sign that says, make your own change. That's the town I grew up in. My dad always commented on how, how pleasant it was to live in a culture that was trustworthy enough where you could make your own change. A low trust society has all the merchandise behind lock and key. Have you ever seen the, the Walgreens they have now in San Francisco? It's like, you know when you go to the grocery store and they have the freezer section and they have like the glass doors you gotta open up? It's like that, except locked, and every single item is like that. And now they have new San, uh, Walgreens in San Francisco where there's no aisles at all. You just go up, there's a kiosk, you order what you want in the kiosk and someone brings it up to you uh, to check out. That is a low trust society. That is a late stage empire. That is a failing society. But it's not just buying things, it's just living, it's living. Do you lock your door at night where you live? Do you lock it during the day? Can you leave your garage door open? Could your kids leave their bicycle in the front yard? Can you walk down the street without cortisol flowing through your body? More and more people can't. Oakland had a town meeting 500 people showed up, freaking out about the crime there, yelling at the city representatives that were up on stage. A 60-year-old woman went up and said, two kids beat the blank out of me in front of my house last night, or last Monday night. Down on the pavement, punching me, kicking me, dragging me through the street, it's happening everywhere, she said. Another San Francisco resident said, we don't feel safe. I wanna go out of my house. I don't feel safe anymore. People are starting to have enough, but not enough people, and I fear it's gonna get a lot worse before enough people stand up and say, no more. Before enough people stand up and say, you know what? It's not only merchandise anymore. Let me give an example. Jen Angel. Jen Angel was an anti-police anarchist in Oakland. Like straight up, if you talk to her, you're like, hi, I'm an anarchist activist. And she owned a bakery as well. She was leaving a, a bank parking lot and two robbers got in front of her car, blocked her car, broke her window, stole her purse out of her car. That's a thing in cities now. They just bust through your window and steal your purse. Okay? You're not even safe in your car. So she got out and ran after them. Now, these two robbers did not know that she believed in restorative justice. So she just wanted to talk to them or something. So she ran after them and her clothes got stuck in their getaway car. 
right? They slammed the door and like her jacket or whatever got caught in it. And they drove away and they dragged her 50 feet on the street. And she died of brain injuries three days later. She was 48. And her family says that she would not have wanted to see her murderers punished or prosecuted with a crime. She didn't believe in that. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. A couple days later, they held a vigil for Jen Angel in Oakland. And a woman who was a fan of her activism work decided to go to the vigil. And it was just by her house, just a couple minutes away. So she started to walk. On her way, she was attacked by two girls, 13 years old. They pushed her to the ground, stomped on her face on the curb, stole her bag and her cell phone, and then ran into a getaway car that was on the way to the vigil for the anti-crime anarchist activist who was also murdered. Or I should say was murdered. This woman was curb stomped, not murdered though. But you know, if only we were nicer to these people. If only we had better restorative justice programs for these 13 year old girls. This isn't about right and wrong or, or bad for business anymore. Right? I'm, not, I'm not talking about the economic consequences of letting shoplifters steal things. Although San Francisco sees that all the stores in downtown San Francisco are gone. I'm not talking about the economic consequences. Those are obvious. This is about whether or not we want a civilized society. Another thing to keep in mind, and we'll expand on this in more detail another day, but I just want to throw it your way before we get to some amazing guests today. So excited for our guests. The great Oz Guinness coined this term, the golden triangle. The golden triangle. So we all want freedom, right? We think we do. But what we don't realize is freedom requires virtue. And all of our founding fathers knew this. Uh, George Mason, 1783, said, happiness and prosperity are now within our reach, but to attain and preserve them must depend upon our own wisdom and virtue. So we want freedom, but freedom requires virtue. Okay, great. How do we get virtue? Well, virtue requires faith, and faith requires freedom, and around and around the triangle you go. Right? You can't have faith without freedom. You can't have freedom without virtue. You can't have virtue without faith, and it goes around like that. The government can't force you to be virtuous. They can punish vice, but they can't force virtue. 
the teaching of faith and virtue is done in the home. But we don't have homes. We don't have families anymore. George Washington, in his inaugural address, said the propitious means uh, favorable. The favorable smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. That's the faith part. But we've disregarded the eternal rules of order and right in our nation. What did we think was going to happen? So it's not just merchandise. Can we live in a civilized society? That's the question. Great guest today. Coming up next, the author of The Myth of Overpunishment. He has the best rebuke against restorative justice. That's next. Mike Slater. Spread the word. I want to tell you about Patriot Gold Group because it sounds quite impossible, actually, but you can own gold. You can have it in your possession. Like, like kings used to be able to own gold. No one else. But now you can own it. You can be a king and own your own gold. Why would you want to? Well, every federal bank, I shouldn't say every, but the big ones, China and all the rest, are buying gold. Why? Why are they doing that? Hmm. Patriot Gold Group is the place to buy gold from. They're good people. They're called Patriot Gold Group for a reason. We'll start there. But also their service. They are A-plus rated by Consumer Affairs. They are the Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer now six years in a row and running. Where will gold go? I don't know. But I tell you, it's been around forever. Been around a lot longer than the U.S. dollar has. And I will certainly outlive that. 888-617. 6122. Get a free investor's guide to own whole hard physical gold and also a no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver as well. 888-617-6122. These are the guys. PatriotGoldGroup.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know this belies the common belief, and when it comes to crime, how people feel is important. But there is not a crime crisis in Washington, D.C. Hmm, beautiful. Barry Latzer is here as the author of The Myth of Overpunishment, a defense of the American justice system and a proposal to reduce incarceration while protecting the public. Mr. Latzer, how are you, sir? I'm great, and I'm delighted to be with you, Mike. And I'm grateful you're here. So we've heard for a long time now that we have a massive over-incarceration problem. And I think if you ask most people 
just to guess what percentage of the American population is in jail. And I've done this before. You get numbers like 30%, 35%, 40% of people are in jail. Maybe, maybe someone's a little more sensible and says like 12%, 50%. And it's, my, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you know better than me, it's 0.7%? Yeah, maybe on a good day, <laughs> it's 0.7. Yeah. Probably 0.6 is more like it. Pathetic, yeah. huh? That's not, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like over-incarceration. In fact, it seems like we could maybe fit a few more people in there. You know, Mike, we're living, as I show in this book, because I, I went through the history of punishment in the United States. Don't get scared. It's not like a real scholarly academic tome, okay? But I mean, it's clear we're living in an age of leniency, in fact. And, and as a matter of fact, if you look at the number of crimes that victims tell the Census Bureau, which conducts a massive survey every year, you'll find that it's over 18.6 million crimes per year, per year, and 577,000 people go to prison each year in the United States. So mm. there's really quite an imbalance here. But no, we're not overpunishing. Hmm. What's something interesting about the history of incarceration in America? Like, when did we start this, this massive incarceration movement that, that's characterized by particularly people on the left? Yeah, well, there was a buildup in incarceration, Mike. And the reason for it is we had one of the biggest violent crime waves in American history. It started in the late 1960s. It got worse and worse partly because the criminal justice system was so weak, it was so flabby. In fact, arrests went down in the late 60s. The sentences got shorter in the late 60s. In other words, crime was actually paying. It was more, you were more incentivized to commit crime in the late 60s, early 70s. So guess what? The public went nuts. People were terrified and they, press the politicians to do something, that's when you had a buildup of the criminal justice system. Mm. These historical realities, the left just has amnesia on this, Mike. They, they don't even want to think about this. But I lived through it. So, I studied it. I know what I'm talking about here. So you're saying this is not a chicken and the egg question. It is quite obvious the increase in crime came first. No question. And, and you know, the left has an answer, and their answer is, well, this was a Republican plot to deny African Americans their rights. This is, this is utter rubbish. They have no proof for this. There was an effort which was supported by Democrats and Republicans, was supported by all politicians, by the way, including Joe Biden, who shepherded one of the major crime bills in the mid-1990s, through the U.S. Senate. Yes, the very same Joe Biden. And of course the politicians supported this, otherwise the public would have kicked them out of office. People were very frightened of crime. That is why you had a buildup of the criminal justice system. Okay, what do you make about this argument? This is a, this is a sympathetic argument. Uh, you have incarcerated so many men, particularly black men, mm -hmm. that that breaks up the family, mm -hmm. Barry. And when you break up the family, when there's no man in the house, you're more likely to, to raise more people who are going to become criminals. So we've created this, this cycle of incarceration. I think that's maybe what they call the part of the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. What do you make of that argument? Because I guess the, their next conclusion is, therefore, we shouldn't be incarcerating men. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, that's almost laughable. But anyway, 
First of all, these guys aren't exactly great family men to begin with, okay? <laughs> if, if, they were, if they were great family men, men who went out to work every day, supported their children, took proper care of their families, you really think they'd also be doing violent crime on the side? I don't think so. Hmm. No, these were not excellent family law-abiding males to begin with. Sure, prison is not easy. Prison does make it hard to have a family life. But remember, the average time spent in prison, Mike, is under two years, under two years. Two thirds of prisoners are released after, before two years have been served. So we have to keep mm. that in mind. The sentences, which of course are always presented by the progressive side, may sound very long, but the time served is quite short, except for murderers, as you would expect, for some rapists, and occasionally drug dealers who happen to be nabbed by the feds. They get long sentences. That is true. But that's not the bulk of the people in prison, Mike. No way. Hmm. Two years. Two years. Wow. We, uh, I forget the number exactly, but it was the head of the, I think it was the police chief of DC. He said something like, the average murderer has been arrested something like 28 times, or some obscene number, before they finally have committed their murder. Yeah. Uh, have you found that to be true in your research? Yeah, the average, uh, nationwide, the average is 11 arrests prior to imprisonment. Millions of wow. crimes. And here's the other shocking thing, Mike. What happens after they're released from prison? The answer is, I'm sorry to tell you, 83% are arrested again after they're released from prison. So we're talking about recidivists, repeaters, people who are really what we used to call career criminals. These are not kids on the street corner caught with a bag of pot. Uh-uh. No. These are serious offenders and they're repeaters. That's the crowd that's in prisons. So I think our culture today, when we talk about this problem, it's always done from the perspective of the criminals, which in the progressive worldview is the real victim, the victim of society, the victim of capitalism, the victim of the system, the whatever, right? They're the victim. Yeah. Racism, whatever. So it's always from their perspective. Uh, how should we be viewing crime? Because when we say, oh, well, we need to then lock people up or have them out locked up longer, it's always framed as, oh, but you're going to ruin their lives and you're gonna ruin their families' lives, and, and that's not good. Yeah, yeah. What, what about the victims of crimes, violent crimes, Mike? What about the people who were mugged, who were robbed, who were maimed, who were murdered? I mean, aren't they victims? Shouldn't we be taking account of those people? And what about their potential victims? What about the fear that they put law-abiding people in, in communities where they're rampaging, where they're all over the streets? What about those victims? Shouldn't we be concerned about them? I'm sorry. I, it may be the case that we're making it hard for them to, to resume a family life if they had a family life. But Lord, don't you think we should be thinking about the ones they victimize, the victims of crime and the communities that they really, they, they generate fear that, that makes, that cripples these communities often prevents them from having any life on the streets. I'm mm. sorry. It's really amazing that 
I can't work up too much fear for the for the perpetrators. I mean, too much sympathy yeah, I, for I, perpetrators. Yes, I, I feel terrible for the, the single mom with the kid who has to walk to school a couple blocks and drive, walks by the gangs and the drug dealers and all that. And uh, it's just brutal that we don't care about that kid as much as we do the drug dealers. Um, I want to ask you about the Phyllis, what would you say is, well, let me ask this first. We kicked off playing that clip of the Lululemon shoplifters. And I live in California and it's just like shoplifting like crazy here. And the CEO of Lululemon said, hey, it's just, it's only merchandise. And like, I get it. They don't want like the woman working at Lululemon to go to fisticuffs with the, with the shoplifter. Like I get it. But my point is at this point, it's more than merchandise. Now it's whether or not we want to live in a civilized society. But what is your solution to shoplifting? Because we saw what happened at the Walgreens, I believe it was in San Francisco, where they got in a tussle. The security guard got in a tussle with the guy and uh, ended up shooting him and then murdering him or killing him. Yeah. So what's your solution to shoplifting when it comes to a criminal justice standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are laws. Uh, they have to be prosecuted, <laughs> obviously, right? I mean, this is not rocket science. And in fact, most states say, well, if you steal things below a certain value limit, say $1,000, which is typical nowadays, it's treated as a misdemeanor. Okay, fine. But maybe we should reconsider whether one after the other of the misdemeanors ought to be treated mm. as a felony. What's wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with a penalty for incorrigibility? That's when you repeat and repeat and repeat your crimes because you get a wrist slap sentence each time. So maybe we yeah. need to reconsider that. But at the very least, we ought to be prosecuting these. And these uh, woke prosecutors who say, well, it's only a minor property offense. We don't need to prosecute them. I mean, they're really abusing their own communities when they do that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you, philosophically, what would you say is the root of uh, this, this worldview we have about crime today? Where do you trace it back to when, when we really started to look at things differently and, and I think you and I would argue worse? Yeah, you know, this, to tell you the truth, Mike, this took me by surprise. I mean, you had these sort of extreme left-wing views out there. I can recall from the late 1960s, they didn't usually involve the criminal justice system, but they were sort of neo-Marxist views, some, some vague, ill-thought-through leftist views. These seem to be, this seems to be the origin of some of these views of the criminal justice system that uh, this is oppression by the by the powerful and the wealthy this is racism it's kind of murky you know they're not clearly thinking through especially when you look at who the victims are who are after all often working people working class people mm -hmm. people in poor communities gee i would have thought there would be more concern for them so I guess mm. this sort of half-baked neo-Marxist thinking is the origin of this. Whatever it is, it's just wrong, Mike. Plain wrong. Yeah. The, the march through the institutions continue. Barry Latzer, buy the book, The Myth of Over-Punishment. Let's be more bold in our defense of the real victims of crime. Barry, thank you for your insights, sir. Thank you for the book. You bet, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Tremendous. We need more of that research. We need the facts. Coming up next, we'll talk about uh, George Soros's son now. George Soros is like 92 or something like that. We've talked all about him. But what about his son, who now says he is even more political than his dad?
It's next. Mike Slater, spread the word. Hey, quick time out from the podcast to tell you about our very first sponsor, Public Square. It's an app for your phone. I, I can't even express enough how they are thriving in profound, they're growing unbelievable amounts. It's because of Target and Bud Light and Disney and all these, like all these companies. And finally, people are like, all right, enough. Like I'm not, I can't turn away from this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore because you guys are out of control. So what are the alternatives? That's the question. Because like, I don't want to go to uh, Starbucks anymore. Okay, well, what's the alternative? Public Square. Oh, Yelp just went crazy woke as well. Right. Anyway, uh, this is like, I use it like Yelp. Right. So open up the Public Square app, hit near me, coffee, boom, all the coffee houses near you that share your values. That's what you do instead of Starbucks. Every company, every business on the app has five values that they need to uh, agree with. Uh, I'll just pick one. Uh, we believe in the greatness of this nation and will always fight to defend it. How about this? We will always protect the family unit and celebrate the sanctity of every life. That, uh, there was a while ago when like abortion was one of the main topics in the news and all these businesses were coming out as like, oh, be, be pro-abortion. And Public Square is like, nope, none of those businesses allowed in this app. Totally free download, Public Square app, publicsq.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.